Why does wealth seem like a moving target? Why do we always want just a little bit more? Well, learn to focus on what we don't have and more on what God has given us on today's episode of Chasing Carrots, A Continual Pursuit of More. Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills, lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska. And as always, so thankful that you are joining us today. We believe that you are where you are uh, needed to be at this moment, right at this moment in this time. And and we are praying that God will give you a reason and purpose of why that is. Uh, today, we're in uh, on a second week of our series uh, called Chasing Carrots, The Endless Pursuit for More. Uh, and so today, I want to talk about something that I believe impacts most of you. I know that it certainly impacts me. Uh, we're going to talk about chasing money and material stuff from this world. Okay, money and and stuff. Okay, but before we dive in there, I just I just want to take a moment and 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 just say to you, hey, if you need any prayer requests or, or anything like that, just make a note, um, put a put a comment down there. Let us know that way we can pray for you uh, with and for. And then also, if you um, can support us in any way, uh, whether it's through prayer or um, just sharing our, our message out there, get more people to come and listen to this message, or if you're in a position to maybe even uh, support us financially, that would be greatly appreciated to keep this message going and this podcast going. Uh, we appreciate it. So let's dive in. I want to ask you a few questions, uh, and so I need you to participate. It's no fun without you, okay? I'm, I'm watching. I can see you guys, okay? <laughs> uh, how many of you wouldn't mind being rich? How many of you wouldn't mind being rich, okay? And how many of you <clears throat> would say that you know someone who's rich, right? You know someone who's rich, okay? I can see those hands raised already, right? Now, I'm wondering, have you ever looked at someone who's rich and, and thought to yourself, if I were rich like they were rich, I would be better at being rich than they are at being rich, right? If I was rich, I'd be smart rich, right? I'd do it this way because they're not doing it a very good way, you know, and those types of things, okay? Now, this is a little bit more of a, of a difficult question. Uh, how many of you are really, really rich, okay? How many of you are rich, okay? Um, now, I can't see your hands going up, but I'm going to guess there's probably not a lot of them going up, okay? But Maybe you are. Maybe you're one of those people that are rich, okay? But this is what I know. I know that most of you just said you're probably not really rich, but you'd love to be really, really rich, right? And so like so many people in this world, you continue to pursue, to long for, or even lust after more money and more stuff. And so if I could just have a little bit more, that's what I need, right? Well, I did some research on this idea to find out what people say they would actually do for more money. And I found an article that talked about what people would do for $5 million. $5 million. What would you do for, for $5 million, you know, if you had time to think about that? Well, according to this article, um, I'm not necessarily agreeing with this article or anything. I just found it interesting. But according to this article, 54% of people would listen to country music for the rest of their lives for $5 million. 
I found that kind of easy. I wouldn't. I would. I could see that, right? This next one is is really weird, though. Okay, forty two percent of people said they would would have all of their teeth removed for five million dollars, right? You know that'd be weird. Now it doesn't say you get dentures in replace of them, so I don't know if you're gumming your food the rest of your life or not. I don't. I don't know, but that's just crazy to me. Um, here's another one. Fifty percent said they would allow one random person on Earth to die. Just one random person. Now, you don't get to choose because it's random, right? So it could be a loved one. That would be that'd be kind of a risky thing. But 50% of people said they would do that. And then 24% of people said they would live in solitude for the next 20 years for $5 million. That's just kind of weird, right? 20 million, uh, twenty years, you know, to be able to live that. I, I, to me, I think that would be a higher number. You know, I just, I feel like it would be a higher number. But maybe not. Who knows? Um, anyway, Gallup did a poll and interviewed a lot of people. I hope you know what Gallup does. That's what they do. They just interview a lot of people. They do a lot of polls. Okay. Um, they're on the news all the time with different, different, um, topics they'll bring up. People pay for them to do polls and things like that, but they did a poll to find out what, what is rich, right? In other words, if you want to be rich, at what point will you know that you're exact or you're actually rich, right? When do you have enough money and enough stuff for you to say, okay, now, I finally crossed the line, and I'm rich. Okay, What's interesting is that the responses vary depending on where someone was, right? Not necessarily where they lived, but I think that was part of it, but also where they were financially, okay? See, for those who made $30,000 a year, now that we're talking a single income here on this one, $30,000 a year, some of you might make a little bit more or a little bit less, right? But if you're in that range, the average response of what you would need to make to be rich was, was $74,000 a year. It, you would slightly over double your income, you would feel very rich. Now, there are some of you who make $74,000 a year and say, I've got news for you, that doesn't feel very rich, right? Uh, now, for those who make $50,000 a year, okay, and I don't know if this was a single income or a double income, but 50000 they responded that it would take about $100,000 a year to feel rich. And, and again, there are some who have a couple of kids in private schools and a mortgage and a car payment and whatever else, right, and say $100,000 doesn't really feel rich where I live right now, right? What's fascinating to me, though, is they ask the top income earners, people well into six figures, what would it take to be rich? And the average response was $5 million in assets, $5 million in assets, then you're rich. So if you're just this poor joker that only has $2 million in assets, you don't feel rich because you feel like you need $5 million to be to be rich, you poor baby, right? <laughs> wham, 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 right? Anyway, what I know about you is, though, that you don't feel rich, but you want to be rich. And so what do you do? Well, like many of us, we live with the continual pursuit for more. So what, what is rich? Rich is, I, I believe, is a moving line. I bet there are many of you that are like me. Early on in my life, in my 20s, I said, if one day I only get to this point, right? Make this much a year and have this much. At that point, I will feel rich. That's enough. Well, guess what happened? I crossed that line, and and what do you think happened? The line moved, right? And I crossed another line, and the line moved again, and it just has never been an ending point, right? So what do you need to be happy, to feel rich, to be satisfied in life? Most people would say, I'm not quite sure, but, but what I know is it's always a little bit more. And this is why Jesus talks so much about a right perspective on money and things. In fact, in Luke's gospel, Luke 12, 15, this is what Jesus said. Listen to what he said. Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in abundance of possessions. 
And here's what I would like you to do. I would like you to take that word possessions and, and input the word stuff, right? The stuff. So life does not consist in an abundance of stuff, possessions, right? Your life, the quality of your life is not measured by the volume of your stuff. He says, be on your guard. Be very, very careful because everything in culture is shouting at you. You need this. You need more. Again and again, the dominant message you're going to hear from culture is what you don't have is what you need to be happy and fulfilled in life. What you don't have, that's what you need. You need more. You need this. You need that. And if you finally get what you don't have, that's what's missing. And that's why Jesus said you have to be on your guard. Your life does not consist in the abundance of stuff, right? In fact, Jesus told a very powerful illustration to a rich guy. He talked about this guy who was a, who was a rich man who had a great harvest. The guy had a record year of crops, and he asked, well, what am I going to do? And here I've got all this money coming in, all these crops, right? And this guy says, I know what I'll do. I will tear down my barns, and I'll build bigger barns, and then I'll retire early. I'll take life easy, and I'll throw a bunch of parties and just live a good life, right? And this is what God said to that rich guy. It comes from Luke 12, 20, uh, verse 20 and 21. He says, but God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. Here's what's fascinating to me about this story. God wasn't mad at this guy for being rich, right? Think about it. He was a farmer. Who made him rich? God made the guy rich, right? God gave the guy a bountiful harvest. God was disappointing this guy because he was not rich toward him, towards God. He was only rich in the things of the world, right? And he's missing out being, being rich in the things that mattered most. And so with that in mind, I want to tell you some good news and some bad news, all right? I'm going to ask you, which one do you want first? Well, you can't answer, so I guess I'm just going to go with what I've written down in the first place, okay? This is what I have. So I'm sorry I even asked you. But anyway, good news and bad news, okay? We're going to start with the good news. The good news is this, and I hope you're going to understand this, that it's really, really good news. Don't miss it. Pay close attention. You ready? The good news is you are rich. You are rich. You said you weren't rich, but you are rich. And you don't really feel rich because you might feel like you've got more bills than money. You're rich, but you don't feel rich. When we get a little bit of perspective and recognize that probably around 3 billion or so people in this world today live off of $2 or less a day, and some of you spent $5 on coffee uh, on your way to work today or driving right now or, or sitting at home or whatever it might be, it starts to put it in perspective that based on where most people live in the world, we actually are very, very rich. In fact, you can often tell just how rich you are by the things that upset you. Like when you get really, really mad because your Amazon order took three days to get there instead of the two days, right? Or your fast food order as you drove through the drive-thru didn't give you your dippy sauce for your nuggets, right? Or your Netflix wouldn't connect to your Wi-Fi. It just sits there in buffers, right? Mine always gets to just 25% and just stops. Drives me nuts. But anyway, or you forget your AirPods. You know, and so you have to manually hold the phone up to your head. Poor babies, right? <laughs> you can often tell how rich you are just by what bothers you. And when I try to step back and I think about it, I can play any song in the world on my devices. I can stream any movie or play games or whatever I want, right? Or when I get hungry and when you get hungry, you can drive your car, which, by the way, puts you in the top 15% of the wealthiest people in the world. You can drive your car past 14 or 22 other restaurants to go to your preferred restaurant. 
to have someone else who milks the cow or catch the fish or or cut the head off the chicken, right? I'm sorry to be so violent today, but but evidently that's what needs to happen to have your chicken salad. Just saying, you know, in case you're worried about that. But anyway, someone else does does all that, cooks your food, cleans everything, prepares your plate, right, delivers it to you, puts a little garnish on it, and you complain because it took seven minutes. That's how rich most of us are. The good news is you're really rich. Now, I know right now, there's some, some of you that, that might be listening to this moment, that there are, there are some of you that are facing extreme financial situations, medical bills, maybe going through a divorce, or single parent that's fighting to stay alive. I get it. And so I don't want to diminish the reality of your world. Okay, I'm not making fun or anything like that, I promise you. But overall, the vast majority of people that, that I'm talking to right now are actually doing okay. We're pretty rich. And even if we were to step back in our situations and where we're struggling, we can look and go, you know what? I don't have it as bad as some other people in this world, right? We really can, okay? So, so remember that. We're pretty, we're pretty rich. If we're going to acknowledge before God that he's actually blessed us, that compared to most people in the world, that we are really rich, then what I want to do is I want to be good at being rich. I don't know about you, but I want to be good at it. And I want to be rich in a way that honors God. So in order to be good at it, First, you have to acknowledge it, okay? You have to acknowledge it. And so I, I just want you to, wherever you are, right at this moment, if you really believe it, I just want you to say, I'm rich. Just say it right now. Say, I'm rich, okay? Now, if for a moment you feel a little bit uncomfortable saying that, like I don't want my kids to hear this, or I'm driving right now and I'm gonna look weird by yelling this out or whatever, right? Or I feel a little guilty just saying it, you know? If for any reason you feel uncomfortable saying, I'm rich, I want you to ask yourself, why do you think you feel uncomfortable? Why do you think that you might be a little bit embarrassed by it? Why do you think you might be a little bit apologetic about it? You see, I love what Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 5.19. Listen to what he says, it's a set about God. Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, to accept their lot and be happy in their toil, this is a gift of God. It's a gift of God. So if for a moment you feel embarrassed or apologetic or ashamed, ask yourself, in what other area of life are you blessed and embarrassed by the blessing, right? Think about it. I've got a great marriage to my wife. And if you said, oh, you guys have a great marriage, I'm not going to reply with, nope, sorry, it's horrible. It's it's just, you just just don't understand, right? No, I'm going to say, thank you. We are blessed. Thank you. See, you don't apologize for any other area of blessing, but in this one area, for some reason, Sometimes people feel so insecure. So say it like you mean it, like it came from God and it is a blessing. Say, I'm rich. My God has blessed me. That's the good news, right? The good news is you are rich. Now, there's bad news though, right? I mentioned that. There's bad news. The bad news is you're rich, okay? Bad news. It really is. Being rich actually puts us at a tremendous spiritual disadvantage. In fact, Jesus had a very meaningful conversation with another rich and powerful young guy. His stuff and his money was so important to him that, that it hindered him, right? It kept him from becoming a disciple of Jesus. And this is what Jesus said to this rich, powerful guy. Luke 18, 24 and 25. Jesus looked at him and said, How hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God, right? Think about that. 
Could, how, can you imagine trying to put a camel through the eye of a needle? Just think about that, how hard that is. Also, rather disgusting, right? I don't know why it's so violent today, but it just is. I, I just don't know. I, why, but anyway, the good news is you are rich. You are blessed. The bad news is you are rich. It's a tremendous spiritual disadvantage. Why? Because you have already have a, or you already have a roof over your head, right? You've got food in the pantry. You can buy whatever you want, you know, whenever you need. You never, maybe in recent years at least, had the privilege of the blessing of, of praying, God, give me today my daily bread. God, I need food today. Because you've already got a closet full of food. Now, it might not be what you exactly want in the closet full of food, but typically there's a, there's a closet full of food, right? And you missed out on seeing God provide for you. It's also a disadvantage because we're so distracted, we have rich people options, right? We have rich people opportunities. We're so rich and blessed with opportunities, we're overwhelmed with them. We're exhausted and tired because of them. And often we're missing out on what matters most, right? Another reason that it's a disadvantage is this, because to whom much is given, much is required. That's what scripture says, right? To whom much is given, much is required. In other words, it's great you're rich because you truly can enjoy what God has given you. And that honors God, but God also expects more. And because we're rich, we truly have a greater responsibility. And all the time we're rich, every moment of every day, culture shouts at us, what you don't have is what you need. The newer phone, a better TV, a brand new purse, the shoes, the watch, the sunglasses, wallet, jacket, backpack, right? The speakers, the car, the flooring, the furniture, the countertops, accessories, artwork, and don't get me started on vacations, right? Because what you don't have is what you need, right? And that's why Jesus said, be on your guard. Why? Because life does not consist in abundance of possessions, in abundance of stuff. We know that in our heads. We really do. But the problem is our lifestyles often do not reflect that truth. And if you're really, really honest, right, you might say, I'm spending more than I make. Why? Because I've bought into that lie, that more stuff out there really matters. If I could just get that, then I will finally be happy. The very way that most of us live in this culture today says what we really believe, that more will make us happy. Just look around, folks. Look around. Culture says what we really believe, that more will make us happy. Here's what we have to understand. Whenever we believe that lie, and it comes at us in all the time, in all directions, in every day, in every way, whenever we believe the lie that more money, more things, more stuff is truly what we need to be blessed and to be happy, we have to recognize that we are under the curse of money, right? Whenever we believe that our problems can be solved by more stuff and more money, we are under the curse of money, right? What I hope you'll understand is this. More money isn't going to help your kids stay off of drugs. In fact, more money may put them in a place where they're more susceptible to drugs. Okay? More money is not going to heal someone who is sick of cancer. More money will not make your depression go away. More money will not save your marriage. What we don't need is more of what's temporary. What we do need is more of what's eternal. What we don't need is more money. What we do need is more Jesus. We really do. And I don't want to be it to be the under the under the power of something of this world, right? I want I want to be under the power of the living uh, of of the living in the blessings of the eternal world, right? The living in the blessings of, of Jesus Christ, a life uh, a, a life that truly honors God, right? 
And that's why I love what Paul told Timothy. He's been mentoring this young guy, trying to lead him along into something that's better, and Paul's telling him to talk to rich people. And when he's talking or talking to them to talk to the rich people, he's not talking to the 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 the, the kings and queens of the old and the people that are really rich. He's talking to you and he's talking to me. Okay? So don't hear it though this is someone else who's rich, okay? Hear this as God's word to you. Paul tells Timothy this in 1 Timothy 6, uh, starting with verse 17. Command those who are rich in the present world not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. In other words, don't feel guilty when you're rich. God gives it to you. Okay, God blesses, and he's a good God, right? He loves to bless his children. He freely blesses his children. When you are faithful with a little, God blesses you with more, right? We're taught that, right? Some of you, you've just been faithful all the time. You've, you've taken what God has given you, and you stewarded it, and you maximized it, and you multiplied it. It's a blessing. It's from God. Don't feel guilty, but do feel responsible with it. God has blessed you. You might, you, you have every right to enjoy it, right? You have every right to spend it on, spend on your family as much as you want, to have a nice place, to drive a new car, whatever, to live a great life because God has blessed you with it. But here's what we need to understand. It's not all for you. To whom much is given, and that's most all of us, right? Much is actually expected. And that's why God's words to us rich people is this. It's, let's read on in 18 through 19. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life, so that they may enjoy the depth of the blessings and the goodness, the character, and the nature of our good God. He says, be generous, be willing to share right? Willing to share is so hard. Think about that. You know, if you look back, think about when you raised your kids or you look in a daycare or, or just seeing kids, the hardest thing for them to understand is what? To share. And it still goes on all the way through adulthood, right? But be rich in good deeds so you can take hold of the life that is truly life. It's good news. It's really good news, right? We're rich and blessed. And that's actually bad news because it can be distracting. It can be a spiritual disadvantage, and more is expected of us. So I don't know about you, but with everything in me, I want to live this out. I, have, I, 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 want, you to live, I want you to live this out. I'm about to share um, this with you, uh, and you can pause it and rewind or whatever and, and listen to it again. But here's what I want you to live out. I want you to say as much as you can that my God has blessed me with more than I need. I'm rich. But I will not trust in my riches, but in the one who richly provides. Because I have more, I will give more and do more. Right? The temporary things of this world promise, but they do not deliver. And you know it. When you get it, there's this buzz, and then the buzz diminishes, and then it goes in the closet, and two years later, you donate it, right? Well, listen, church, let's do something that matters. Let's do something that lasts right? Let's make a difference like only rich people can make a difference. Like, let's take what's been given to us and let's use it to be a blessing to others. Let's share, right? 
Maybe you'll help your friends pay, pay their rent anonymously to be a blessing. Man, if you can do that, that would be awesome. But maybe you can't do that. Maybe you, you just can help grab some boxes and give a whole day helping someone move, right? Maybe you'll serve at one of uh, your local mission partners, okay, and give your time to help children or to help someone who doesn't have what you have, right? Maybe you'll give your time to serve in some kind of ministry within your church, right? I'm sure your church has some places to serve, right? He says again, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and to be willing to share. They will lay up treasure for themselves so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. See, culture's never going to stop. They say, what you don't have is what you need to truly be happy in life. And Jesus says, watch out. Your life does not consist in the abundance of stuff. I don't know about you, but I am blessed. My God has blessed me with more than I need, and I am rich. But I will not trust in my riches, but in him who richly provides. And because I have more, and church, because we have more, we will do more, and we will give more. And in that, we will find that the life that is truly life. And that is how to be rich in a way that honors God. Amen. This concludes another episode of Venture Podcast. I hope you'll join us next week as we ask the question, in what ways might perfectionism mask an insecurity in you? Join us next week as we continue our series, Chasing Carrots, a Continual Pursuit of More. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast and Chandler Acres Ministries, or you'd like to become a patron, please visit us at chandleracreschurch.com.